0: Hello and welcome. It's Motivational Monday by Jim and Lucy. And well, you know, it's Monday and today we have special guest with a very interesting topic because we will be talking about Tau Poppy Syndrome and it's Dr. Douglas Gerland. Hello, Dr. Douglas.
1: Good morning, or at least it's morning here in California.
0: <laughs> it's still Monday here. Well, oh. <laughs> the, the, it's the same thing as they say 5 p.m. somewhere. There's more in somewhere. When <laughs> <You're> <laughs> people listen to this episode.
1: Absolutely true.
0: Thank you for joining us today. So tell us more. Uh, I know listeners have the first question. What is the tall poppy syndrome?
1: The tall poppy syndrome is a metaphor for seeing a field of poppies and seeing a poppy taller than the rest and wanting to cut that. Poppy down so that everybody is the same so that's the the metaphor it was uh actually described back in in ancient Greece at that time they used uh wheat there there were poppies in Greece at that time, but you know for food purposes wheat fields were more prominent so the original description by Herodotus and in ancient Greece was the f- a field of wheat and what happened was governance. The governor of that area was having difficulty um, governing some of the populace and in asking how to manage that somebody went out and took their hand and knocked the heads of the tall wheat heads off and that that we now call the tall poppy syndrome. And then Livy, who was the main historian in ancient Greece, uh, talked about during the kingdom, which was 750 BC to 500 BC in Rome, of one of the kings there, his son was at the neighboring town governing, and his son was having difficulty governing he sent a messenger to his father, and his father walked out to a field of poppies and lopped off the tall heads. So the messenger went back and told the son, and he immediately figured out how to govern, which was to to kill all the opposing members. So the syndrome was described back in ancient Roman Greece. It's been with us ever since, and my book was really a uh, history of the world looking through the tall poppy syndrome. I found the tall poppy syndrome in every country I looked, various cultures and in, in all time periods. So it's, just, it's a universal phenomenon. There's different phrases for it or uh, terms. Uh, for instance, Holland has the term I like a lot, the tall wind cap- captures all the tree. And I also found that also in China. Japan, for example, says the tall nail gets pounded down. So the the syndrome is everywhere. It has all, except I mean, it's in America, but it's fairly unrecognized here, which is why I did the study. Uh, and everybody has their own innuendos and takes on it. But it's emotion-driven, and if you think about it, Emotions are the same the world over. It doesn't matter what country you're in. The the emotions that drive the tall poppy syndrome in life are essentially the same. You know, there's no in the end. Um I mean, sometimes people pick on Italians, they say they're so emotional, but the emotions are everywhere. So Canadians emotional system is very similar to the American emotional system. So we do like the individual here and maybe give them a little bit more of a leeway than some other country who would cut that person down, but uh, the syndrome is everywhere. So it sounds like this syndrome might be inherent um, among humans everywhere it is inherent i mean when you th- i mean it's more inherent in some than others it's mostly known in australia and that's a good country to st- of the english speaking countries and it's very easy to understand that because that came that was a penal colony for england and that culture and in the obviously in the penal system everybody is absolutely equal so that culture is pervasive there to this day and it's easy to understand how that happened i just came back from a tour in japan and you know they had a feudal system i mean all the countries it's very interesting countries go through the same changes but you know they had their shoguns and and the feudal system and the people on top and then everybody else was equal and Japan's still very egalitarian based on all that. They, the kids go to school, um, the, the schools buy their uniforms, the kids all dress the same. And I came from a family of seven and my parents tried very hard to treat all of us equally. We only got a birthday say the, if we were in our fifth grade And so they knew that rule so that nobody got more birthdays parties than somebody else. So it actually starts in most families. They try to maintain equality among the children so that one doesn't have favorite status. And as I mentioned, it continues frequently in schools. I mean, we used to in America celebrate somebody that was smart and they got the valedictorian And now, you know, we're in in America, we're going away from having a class valedictorian so that once again everybody's the same. And it continues in your the business practices. The upper echelon of the hierarchy tries to maintain a certain equality within the class that are actually working. And of course, the tall poppy raises its head. When somebody in that working class seeks to get elevated into the next rung of the ladder. And so, as that transpires, then it's a good place to find an example of the tall poppy syndrome. People that want to advance are aggressively polishing up their resume so that they can go to a higher level. And people that aren't quite as good but want that level if they figure they don't have the qualifications then they try and do something negative and cut that person down and of course then if we look in the political field that's what politics is all about it's very very little about doing something positive but cutting down the other opponent because that's a lot easier it's very easy one one nasty story can destroy a candidate who may have worked 20 years to build their reputation. So it's very easy when you look at the big scheme of life to understand why the tall poppy syndrome is everywhere and why it's so popular. Because in the end, it it's a it's a shortcut to maintaining mediocrity as far as I'm concerned. You know, we need tall poppies to advance society. I mean, here we're so proud of Elon Musk who really is um wonderful entrepreneur and he you know he he was so far ahead of everybody else with the electric car so we we need we need the tall poppy and i have to tell you so i'll break break some important parts down about the tall poppy syndrome that i used in my book to help myself understand it and other people the first thing you need to understand is that most tall poppy syndrome occurs within your tribe or your peers. So that it's within your family, it's within your school, it's in your work district. And you don't have to be a tall poppy to be cut down. And within that group, you just have to be advancing a little bit more than the rest of your tribe. And within the peer-to-peer tall poppy syndrome, it's really cut down by tall poppies, most commonly who are envious. Envy is is, uh, coveting something that someone else has. Good envy is emulating that person and trying to improve yourself and become like them. Unfortunately, that's not the way it usually happens. Bad envy is trying to destroy what that person has or that person's happiness. Now, that's separated from what I call the the public tall poppy syndrome, who is usually the a true tall poppy, somebody like Elon Musk, and they use there's three things in America that I found but of, of emotions and so-called bad or negative emotions, pride, lust, and greed, and pride almost always, even in the peer-to-peer appears um, but pride in the public domain is the most common cause of why a tall poppy is cut down. People, through justification, because of some egregious act that they did, they feel they don't deserve the moniker of being a tall poppy, so they cut them down. So when we look at um, uh, some of the Hollywood Uh, directors, and some of our media personalities, that's why they were cut down. Either they were greedy or lustful, and the public just justifiably felt that uh, they didn't deserve their status. So that's how one way to help understand it, that the difference between the two types, because even I, when I was working on my book, I used to hike with a good friend, and and we would talk about tall poppy syndrome. And one of the first things he said, uh, you you couldn't have been cut down, which is what I felt happened in my professional life. And he said, well, first of all, you're not a tall poppy, so you, you couldn't be cut down. So that, of course, generated a lot of thinking on my part. And that's why I differentiate Uh, who's who's kind of to blame in the tall poppy syndrome. Is it the cutter with low self-esteem who can't improve himself, so rather than trying to improve himself, he cuts the other person down? So envy is the main driver in the cutter and in the peer-to-peer, where a separate set of emotions occur in the tall poppy who gets cut down, which, as I mentioned, usually are greed, uh, pride, and lust.
0: That's that's very interesting. <clears throat> I love that theory. I love how you explain it. So, Doc, in your opinion, uh, our attempts to instill these good values in our children, t- trying to teach them that we are all equal, that we are all important, and that you need to respect others, where do we fail?
1: Well, um, when I dedicated the book, I uh, dedicated it to my four grandchildren, and the reason I did that was because I want them to be tall poppies, and it's okay to be a tall poppy. So the problem, one of the problems in society society and in the family is uh, to stimulate somebody to try and improve themselves, but not feel that they're better than somebody else. That's the the yin and the yang. Um, and so many countries, um, families, governments want to make everybody equal. And if you make everybody equal, there's no advancement. So there's this juggling act that you have to do with even within the family and within the workplace and with your within your friends and neighborhoods of how to kind of have a, a personal pride in everything that you do and try and do as best as you can whatever you do and let people rise to their topest level and not try to negate their attempts to keep them on the same level as everybody else. I mean, I I wanted my grandkids, There, three of them are now in college, I want them to excel and be good students and be good citizens and be good neighbors. And so all my directions and actions toward them was to try to be very positive. I, I mean, when we look at when we look at uh, our emotions and and I talk a lot about the seven deadly sins, which which are anger, envy, uh, laziness. Those are the three negative emotions found in the cutter. And then lust, greed, and pride are the three most common emotions found in the egregious actions of the tall poppy. That's six of the seven deadly sins. The other one is gluttony, which is not part of the tall poppy syndrome. But when you look at that, people um, have this negative response to all that, but all those um, emotions also have a positive side. I mean, anger has a positive side. I used the example in my book of you're playing basketball and and somebody dribbles around you and makes a layup on you. And you look kind of foolish, and so the person with low self-esteem or the average ball player, the next time that person drives around them, they trip them or they foul them. That's the easy way out. the the, the anger should uh, allows you to focus. On a skill and do practice and try and do your feet work and be a better, better defender. So, those negative, so-called negative emotions actually have a positive side, and we always need to look at how to spin everything to make it positive. So, I think that's a that's a message. You know, I. I just came back from Japan, and they, you know, a lot of things are driven by Buddha over there. And the Buddha has, the Buddha has uh, near and far terms, meaning that that if you have a virtue, there's a near virtue, and that near virtue is actually not a near virtue. It's your 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 interpretation of what you're doing as being good. But actually, it's not. And I see that that concept a lot in our in our social justice that's all over the world at this time and in many of the movements that there's it's near to being righteous, but in the end, it's more self righteous. And those are two very different. Thing self righteous is a true moral truth that's righteousness, and self righteousness somehow is imposing your own bias and your own interpretation on that, which is allows your justification to cut somebody else down. So, I like movements, 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 um, movements make change, and for the most part, positive change. And when I talk about it, people think oh, I'm anti-movement or I'm anti-this or that. No, I'm just trying to point out that that the goodness of movements, uh, which are very emotion-driven and usually have a good cause, but sometimes they have a lot of collateral damage in them and they take cut down a lot of good people. Well,
0: that's very important. And I think that a lot of our listeners will have a good thinking this week. (laughs) Yes. We'll be thinking a lot about what they do to others and how the experience that they have before. So just last question before we go, tall poppy syndrome, is this the problem we need to be aware of or the problem that we need to find the solution?
1: Uh, Well, the first of all, in medicine, you know, you have to, in order to in, in order to cure an ill, you have to, first of all, understand it. you can't, I, I have a saying, the eye only sees what the mind knows. So the first thing you have to do is understand that there's a problem here. And the problem may be yourself. You know, Pogo said, "The we have met the enemy, and the enemy is I. So it so says sometimes it's, it's your own bias. I mean, if you, I, I tried to, when I did the book, look at the world unbiasedly, but I still do have my own biases. And, when, and part of understanding the tall poppy syndrome, is it the cutter that's a problem? Is it the tall poppy that's a problem? And that should cause you to reflect and think, well, where am I in all this as well? So you're really talking about three different people yeah ha- i mean what i'm tr- really talking about is emotional intelligence and figuring out who who may be right and wrong and what your own interpretation and your own bias is in making that judgment and if you can do that you grow as a person and you can help call out somebody else and help them grow i mean a, a bull listen to this if you're a bully in in grade school and that gets you through grade school and you become a bigger person because of that. You carry that behavior throughout your entire life. And unless somebody calls you out about that, you're never going to figure out that you're a bully. So you, you, you grow and you help other people grow by understanding the tall poppy syndrome. Well said, my friend.
0: Well, this is great. So we, our dear listeners, we're going to let you go do your thinking and self-analysis. That's going to be an important week for all of us. Uh, please go order the book, The Tall Poppy Syndrome, The Joy of Cutting Others Down. It's DougGarland.com. And you're going to enjoy reading that book. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Garland.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: Take care of yourself, doctor. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.